Welcome to What Christians Should Know, how you can apply biblical principles to everyday life. Good day to all. My name is Dr. Elijah Sadafel. Thank you for joining us and welcome to What Christians Should Know, the podcast. Let's get started. Number one, what is Christianity? The simplest answer boils down to two words, Jesus Christ. What Christians should know is that Christianity is built upon three essential pillars of doctrine. One, the Holy Trinity, or that God is one God, yet three distinct persons, each of whom are equally and eternally fully God, the Father, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Two, Jesus Christ, being fully God and fully man, was crucified and died on a cross, and he rose from the dead three days later. This atoning act paid the legal price of sin to satisfy the justice of God. 3. Now, because of Jesus Christ, the elect are able to obtain salvation, but this is solely and exclusively by grace alone through faith alone. What Christians should know is that Jesus is the ultimate expression of God's love for humanity, and he represents God's atonement of all of our sins so that we can reconcile with God and restore a proper relationship with him. Christians should know that God created us out of his abundance and not out of a lack or need. He defined his ownership and dominion over everything by giving it all away. Christians should know that Christianity gives the most comprehensive explanation of who we truly are. It is the source of our legitimate identities as sons and daughters of God formed in his image. It also satisfies through Jesus the eternal yearning that we have to worship and to fulfill the deepest, most sincere, most fundamental desires of our being. Christians should know that Christianity reveals to us that the world we live in is not the final testament of our existence. Because of sin, it is a temporary and highly imperfect representation of what was previously flawless. Christianity points directly toward Christ and his example for us of how to live in accordance with God's commands. What Christians should know is that one of the pillars of the Christian faith is the Bible. The Bible is more than a book and is God's divine word revealed to humans through verbal plenary inspiration. The Bible does not contain all truth there is to know, but is the ultimate standard by which all other truth is gauged. The Bible is primarily a theological statement of what God wanted us to know, learn, and understand about Him. It is not meant to deter or hinder us, but is meant so that we can live our lives abundantly. We are the creation, and He is the creator. He did not give us these rules and regulations and malice. Rather, He sought to protect us, just as a loving Father instructs His Son and guides Him away from harm. The Bible basically tells us who God is, why we are, what he has already done for us, and how we ought to live and worship him. What Christians should know is that God is just and merciful, and there is a constant tension between these two qualities. Because God is perfectly just, he can't simply say never mind to sin. That would contradict his nature and diminish his character. God's love compelled him to incarnate as a man, Jesus, for our sake. That is, 
in order to reconcile with humanity, God required nothing less than his own substance. By willingly sacrificing himself, he saved all of us. Christians should know that John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Christians should know that Luke 19.10 says that Christ came into the world to seek and to save that which was lost. This has two implications. First, seeking is an active engrossing practice that looks towards others instead of working against them. Secondly, those involved in seeking must, at the very least, have a basic understanding of the subject matter on which they're ministering. Christians should know that Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Without the light of Christ and without the Bible, we are doomed to dwell in darkness, confused and alone with no one to guide us. It is only and irrefutably through Jesus Christ that anyone can walk in the light back toward God. Christians should know that in John 14.6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. What Christians should know is that the concept of the Trinitarian God of the Bible is a unique truth claim. This distinguishes Christianity from other ideologies, religions, and forms of spirituality. What Christians should know is that on multiple occasions, Jesus Christ said, I am God, period. There is no gray area, no question, and no doubt. No other legitimate and sane leader of a major religion has ever claimed to be God. This bold truth was so powerful that Jesus willingly died for it. All he would have to do to avoid death is recant his statement, but he never did. He died for the truth. Christians should know that God loves humanity very much. Thankfully for us, however much we curse him and reject him, God plays by his rules and not human ones. So no matter who you are or what you've done, your Heavenly Father will never turn his back on you. You are his child, formed in his image, and destined to conquer darkness with the light and to boldly proclaim your new Christ-centered identity. This in no way diminishes the destructive power of sin, nor does it eliminate obedience. As Dietrich Bonhoeffer has said, Grace is not cheap. It is costly, involving Christ, repentance, the cross, discipleship, and suffering. 2. What does this series aim to achieve? This series will empower you to meet, know, and understand God for yourself. In what Christians should know, no one is going to give you their version of the truth. Instead, we will point you directly toward the truth and the lessons are simply your guide to help you find your way. Ultimately, no one is concerned with what I think. We are concerned, however, with what God says. This series aims to give those who label themselves Christians a basic understanding of what they should know and what Christianity is based solely on the fundamental concepts that the Bible teaches us. This series aims to educate and vitalize the willing disciples of Christ so that they can enhance their own understanding and then minister to others by spreading the good news. 3. Why is this series? The answer is simple. 
Most Americans say they believe in God, but they don't know who God is. And even more troubling, a majority of those who label themselves as Christian lack a basic understanding of what Christianity means. In the written lesson, I have gone into greater detail, but consider these startling numbers. According to a 2008 poll among American Christians, just over half believe that at least some non-Christian faiths can lead to eternal life. Furthermore, of those in this majority, 80% could name at least one non-Christian faith that can lead to eternal life. Clearly, if Jesus is the way with a capital T, one of these two groups must be wrong. In 2014, the Barner Group and the American Bible Society completed a report called The State of the Bible. The study revealed that among American adults, 81% considered themselves highly, moderately, or somewhat knowledgeable about the Bible, yet 43% of this group was unable to name the Bible's first five books. 88% said their household owned a Bible, but nearly half of adults read the Bible no more frequently than two to three times per year. A significant number of people believe that the Bible was silent on the following issues, pornography, gambling, same-sex relationships, and the repression of women. The Bible, in fact, has a very loud voice on all of those issues. Half of the people in the survey agreed strongly or agreed somewhat that the Bible, the Quran, and the Book of Mormon were all different expressions of the same spiritual truth. Nothing in reality could be farther from the truth. All of this information points to one disturbing conclusion. Biblical illiteracy is rampant, and people don't know what they think they know, nor do they understand what they believe. This is a crisis of insurmountable proportions, considering what's at stake eternal life. On top of this fact, we live in an increasingly pluralistic and consumeristic world where truth no longer has any objective value and depends on what feels right or seems to move me the best. So truth with a capital T is diluted down into truth with a lowercase t that is valid as long as it quote-unquote works for me. God therefore becomes who I want him to be. So, we are left with one of the greatest threats to modern Christianity and those within the church resulting from people not knowing what is truly true. And that threat is religious pluralism, the state where multiple sources of authority exist. This subtle, seemingly innocent force has managed to do more damage than any army, evil despot, or oppressive power in the contemporary era. The modern Christian spends a lot of time wavering between two opinions and has consequently become numb to God and sin, apathetic, and incapable of taking a firm stand for Christ. It makes no sense for us to either criticize or attempt to instruct another when our own house is not in order. 4. What does this all mean in practical terms? We are going to be the agents of the change we seek. So this series has three goals in mind. One, to bring clarity to those who do not know Christ using an unbiased, free, and widely available means. Two, to combat biblical illiteracy 
among those who are somewhat familiar with the Bible, but have not taken the time to sit down with the Word, study it, reflect upon it, and become dedicated students of it. 3. To nurture faith-seeking understanding. Emotion is a part of the human experience, but we must engage reason and intellect in pursuit of God in order to deepen and expand our understanding of the one whom we serve. What we all have to keep in mind is that belief always comes first and ultimate wisdom is always revealed, never acquired. While the Christian walk is much more than a mental exercise, it certainly is a mental challenge. The fact remains that details need to be learned, principles mastered, truths discerned, and stories told correctly. Now, one important piece of information that I would like to drive home is this. Do not confuse the message with the messengers. Are there problems in the modern church and with Christians? Of course. The church is an institution that can help people and that can harm them. The world often uses the followers of Christ as a barometer for religion's validity, but they should look at Christians through a different lens. It is because we are all imperfect and in need of help that we need the grace and strength of Christ in order to work through our human failings. When I walk into an emergency room, I expect to see the sick, and when I walk into a gym, I expect to see the out of shape. This doesn't reflect the deficiencies of the institutions, but the fallibility of human nature. One must understand that God works through the messy and complicated human experience in order to produce a flesh and bones intimacy with our reality. This intimacy doesn't shy away from tough problems, but works through them. It is for this reason that the Bible depicts love, mercy, grace, family, triumph, peace, and liberation, as well as murder, genocide, rape, lust, incest, oppression, social economic injustice, and war. Hence, the Bible is powerful and enriching because it is about real life and tells us about real people with real problems and real issues. Love is very, very messy, and the Bible is a love story about a caring father who incessantly chases after his fallen creation in order to bring them back to him. Reading the Bible daily and engaging in an intimate relationship with God is one of the only ways to develop your own faith and understanding. One of the greatest dangers entails allowing someone else to give you his or her theology and passively accept it as true. This is not meant to trivialize tradition or to dismiss orthodoxy. In fact, any bold leap forward in the Christian walk is not a revolutionary shift away from the Bible, but an earnest look back at the scriptures. In order to move forward, we must first go back. The issue then isn't whether we ought to honor tradition. Rather, we should determine which tradition will give us life and is therefore worth our total being and complete submission. That tradition is the Bible, the Word of God. This is a critical step for each person to take because every person who seeks to know the Word or the Bible must become a disciple of the Word. Education drives knowledge, and this praxis requires discipline, focus, determination, and strength. Fragile, unintelligible, and unexamined beliefs, 
will lead to weak disciples, weak dedication, weak religion, and a weak church. Jesus did not intend for the church to inflict spiritual tyranny on believers while burdening them with the yoke of the institution, nor did he intend for a superstructure of man-made elements to keep people away from him. We do not intend for the doctrine that we teach to serve any ideological end. Rather, we want it to be as true to the biblical tradition as possible and to take each subject and accept it as truth, cognizant that this truth comes in the context of the Bible as a whole. The whole must form the basis for the interpretation of the part and not vice versa. At the end of this series, the hope is that you can be stopped by anyone, anywhere, at any time and be able to fluently and intelligently relay what you know, what you believe, and why you believe it. The Synoptic Gospels, or Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, teach us that Jesus chose 12 regular guys doing regular everyday jobs. With proper education, training, and discipleship, these men, less one, became Christian titans who were able to serve countless others and spread the good news. The point is that there are no special requirements in order to excel in your spiritual knowledge. All you need is the time, focus, and the intent to excel. I hope you will join me on this journey. May God bless you in your Bible study and in your walk with Him. If you already have a church home, I wish you many blessings. If you do not yet have a church home and live in the area of Queens, New York, feel free to join us at Deeper Life Christian Fellowship in Richmond Hill. Our website is www.dlcfc.org. Again, that's www.dlcfc.org. Join us for worship and fellowship in person or via our weekly online streaming sermons. If you have any questions, feel free to write us at info at wcsk.org. That's info at wcsk.org. Be sure to put WCSK, all caps, in the subject line. Each episode of this podcast is derived from a written lesson of what Christians should know, which is routinely updated with new content on chesadafel.com. Furthermore, as of this recording, Volume 1 of What Christians Should Know is available in a free ebook available in multiple formats at wcsk.org. So, we look forward to having you join us in the future. I wish everyone the best. God bless and see you next time. Thank you for listening to What Christians Should Know. For more valuable content, please visit us at chesadoffel.com. For general inquiries, email us at info at wcsk.org.